In this week's episode of Grange with High's No Wrong Path podcast, we hear from Richard Park, who is an Associate Investment Director with Gallifer and Try, and he describes his job, career journey from school, key lessons learned from his first ever part-time job, which has stuck with him throughout his career. Richard also gives a fantastic insight into the skills and qualities needed for success within employment and what young people could do to maximise their chances of employment from the application phase right through to the interview and beyond. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Grange with High's No Wrong Path podcast with myself, Scott Coburn and Greg Miller. And we are joined today by Richard Park. Richard, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? Very well, thanks. Now, we know you're really busy, but we really do appreciate you taking a chunk of time out of your day. Now, the purpose of what we do with these podcasts is to get an insight into the world of work, explore different people's career journey, and try to bring to life this idea of no wrong path. Because from an employment perspective, we're looking to find out a little bit about what employers are looking for, and from the recruitment side of things, which young people can do to maximise their chances of success moving on from school. So to start us off then, Richard, tell us about your current job. What is it you, you do and who is it you work for? Okay, so thanks, Scott, and thanks, Craig. First of all, um, I actually really appreciate you reaching out today. From, from my perspective, if um, the conversation we have today can lead to uh, any points of supporting and helping a young person in their career path, it's a, a really valuable use of, of my my time and our company's time to support that. So from that perspective, I really look forward to the conversation we're going to have over the next um, 30 or 40 minutes. So look forward to that. But from, from my from my background, I'm a, one of the investments directors within um, an organisation called Gallup for Try Investments. And I'm seconded probably around 80% of my time into two public-private partnerships. And really, um, our, our um, role is around the... the, the as, a, as an international development company to support the um, development and construction and regeneration of towns and cities. The vast majority of my work is kind of based in the UK um, and predominantly in or around um, Scotland, but we are a, a, an international um, construction and investment um, organisation. So very much focused on um, economic infrastructure and social infrastructure so the types of things that people would be familiar with what we deliver are very much um, projects like hospitals and schools some of which actually are quite local to, to, to the Grangemouth area as well so I'll go on to talk about that um, later on but very much um, focused on um, construction and um, infrastructure and, 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 and regeneration but what, what, what I think is kind of quite interesting about my job is would probably put people to sleep if I was to talk about um, construction and infrastructure, unless that's something that's really of interest to you. It's of passionate interest to me around our, our our built environment. But for me, it's actually my role is more about people um, and working with teams. So I think that those skills are transferable around whether um, you are involved in construction or infrastructure. But it's actually for me, it's about leading and being part of a bigger team. And that's something that I personally find really very interesting. My role is extremely challenging, um, but it also allows me to have a, a very diverse um, level of, kind of input and interest. So no one day 
is is like any other in my walk of life, and that's something that I find really quite interesting. So when I log on at whatever time in the morning and log off at whatever time at night, um, my, my job is by no means um, the same as the day before, and that's something that I find um, really, really interesting. So whilst my kind of base job is focused on construction and infrastructure, it's very much around working with our partners, working with our teams. And I think that's a really, really important point in terms of uh, a young work workforce is about that ability to work as part of a team. So, so see when you say about construction, your role seems a few steps removed from the actual practical element of construction. And when Greg and I are talking to young people in schools and we're asking what it is you want to do when you leave school, very, very few are saying the jobs further down the line within a construction project because we would often hear young people thinking about joinery, uh, bricklaying, plumbing, welding, etc, etc. And not often do you hear young people talking about investment infrastructure. So where does mm -hmm. it fit within that framework? So that's, that's, a, that's a really really good point. So um, just in terms of kind of some stats here, um, sorry to bore you, but um, construction and infrastructure in the UK represents about 9% of the overall workforce. And automatically, probably when young people are thinking about construction and infrastructure, they're very much thinking about a career linked into um, construction activity, whether that's uh, an engineer, whether that's a skills trade apprenticeship, whether that's a joiner, these types of, uh, of career opportunities. But actually, the opportunities are, in my opinion, far more diverse. So I work with predominantly a number of accountants, accountants make the world go round and a number of lawyers. We also have a huge level of interaction um, a, a senior government official level, a ministerial level as well. And that makes it really quite interesting. So if I could kind of best describe my role, it's very much around that kind of facilitation piece around making the strategy around the projects, how we come to how, how we bring funded solutions together to deliver infrastructure and construction projects. Projects need to be planned, they need to, they need to have clear and robust business cases which um, um, surround them. It needs to support um, outcomes for um, aligned with um, national and local policy. So it's around that whole facilitation piece before it comes to the point of appointing people to actually do the building piece. That for me is, is, is a really, really, a really, really important part of our industry, it's the, the, the most important, important part of our, 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 our industry, but the role I have is probably two or three steps removed from that. Yeah, so that was like, that's where I was going to go next, but you, you went there yourself, which is fantastic. So essentially, I want a, I want a building developed. People, someone comes to you, you facilitate the funding, the brokering side of things, and then that job goes out to tender and different contracts are taken. Is that the essence of where it, where it lies? Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely it, Scott. It's a case of um, the, 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 the upfront planning um, that's required in terms of design, um, engagement with um, partners, Scottish government, UK government, um, the local councils, the health boards, to try and bring these projects together to support the business case, understand where the funding is coming from. But ultimately, it's linked into... We don't, we don't just deliver infrastructure because because an asset needs to be replaced because it's old. That's part of the business case. But actually, um, 
our business from the role that I, I do is actually linked into how when we invest in infrastructure, can it support improved outcomes for, for society? How can it link in with things like the, 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 the government national policy for um, addressing the attainment gap? How can it support um, the poverty divide? These types of things. So it's actually linking infrastructure with policy. Um, and that, and that, that, that's the bit that I think, think makes it really, really interesting, hence the point that it's probably two or three steps removed yeah. from the core of actually uh, construction implementation. That's really interesting because I automatically think, and my limited experience with the, the construction industry is, you want something built, you put it out to tender, somebody has money somewhere for that and it gets built. Like, I've never ever heard it put that way in terms of it has to link in with different and very important policies. And you mentioned a couple of policies that Im impact daily, but Greg and I do within schools. So that's really quite interesting to hear how within bigger building industries and bigger um, building projects, you have to consider things that from a local, national, government level as well. Yeah, no, no, no absolutely. That, that, that's the core of it, Scott. Um, funding um, doesn't happen overnight these types of infrastructure projects aren't funded um, without really rigorous and diligent planning but it's back to that point around it needs to support and align with uh, with national and local policy i've blown my mind a wee bit if i'm perfectly honest with you Richard, but one of the things that we like to ask our guests about is how they got to the point they're at just now so if you wouldn't mind could you give us a kind of an idea of your first job, part-time job at school, and how your career progressed to, to where you are just now? Yeah, the, the kind of logical place to start with all of that is kind of obviously in terms of school education, and um, without giving any secrets away, I went to school with Scott, so Scott knows what I was like at school, <laughs> and um, I, I, I'd probably describe myself as a bit of a late bloomer in school, and, and, and whether it was... Um, of interest or whether it was application, um, well, that, that's down for others to comment. But for me, um, I found school at times, some sometimes a little bit of a challenge and not particularly aspiring and exciting. And, and probably when I reached about 15, something obviously went off my head. I thought, right, okay, this is the time to knuckle down and to actually properly apply myself. And fortunately, I did properly apply myself. I got some good results and that created an opportunity for um, for the career that I've now, I'm now developing. But in terms of, um, I think there's two, there's interesting, there's two um, roles that I had, I think were really um, influential within um, my career development to where I am now. Um, and that was, interestingly enough, my first job, and it was a part-time job and it was part of the family business. Then I'll come on to explain the second one in a minute, and that was as part of a secondment during during my um, university. The first job that I actually had was within the local family butchers, and I, I reference that because it is really very important because I think it gave me the shake that I probably needed to, to around the, the the opportunities that presented them, themselves where I could go in the fork of the road left or I could go right under the kind of tutelage of um, the people I was working with, albeit a very small family butchers, it gave me the insight around actually you need to sit and you need to work as part of a team, whether that is in the role that I have, whether it's part of a butchers or whether it's anything else in between. For me, that whole team dynamic and being part of a team 
is really, really very important. And and for me, I think it taught myself by working with some pretty grounded people in my family was not to take myself too seriously as well. And actually being 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 sent for the long stand or being sent to deal with the tartan paint, these types of things actually stand with you in terms of um, testing you as an individual. And that was really quite important for me and it, and it gave me that kind of um, grounding. Um, then kind of taking that forward, I, I, I left school with, I would say, good, okay to good qualifications. I wasn't by, by any standards a straight A student. But it gave me enough qualifications to get an entry point into university to study in a, um, in a quantity surveying um, degree. And that was that was really, really enlightening for me. And, and at that point, I really realised that actually I did want a career in construction. I, I landed in a career in construction um, ultimately because it was something that my brother was doing. And I was at that point of leaving school, OK, He's, he's, he's got successful degrees starting his career path and I kind of fell into that by by accident I suppose and it wasn't something I, I suddenly thought this is exactly what I want to do I want to forge a career in construction it was more this is what my qualifications permitted me to do I wanted a career that that, that wasn't a general degree qualification that was advice that I had that actually led me down a specific um, um, career path and um, because I felt for me that was quite important I, I needed a focus and target at the end of it and, and really for me I've, I've never looked back the other kind of decisive moment in my career was um, and, and I would describe it was in, in my one year placement from university between third and fourth year where I spent um, almost 12 months working with um, a, a, a construction firm um, and I was involved in the, the Scottish Parliament so I appreciate that um, the young people that we're speaking to today in this podcast won't remember the the challenges associated with the delivery of the, the Scottish Parliament, but look up the history books and, and, and you'll see how challenging a project that was. So I was involved with uh, within one of the management teams on, on that particular project. And the reason why it was so vital to my career is I was afforded the opportunity to make mistakes with a safety net in place. Everybody makes mistakes as part of their young career. In fact, the reality is um, nobody's perfect and everybody makes mistakes um, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's how, as part of a team, we collectively um, work together to resolve those those mistakes that we make, and that's quite important. And, and I had that safety net in place, and I learned probably more in that 12 months than I've learned in the last 12 years. And again, it was about that those building blocks, and I'll come back to it again, and it's the principles by which I do business today. It's about, it's about acting with integrity, um, being fair and reasonable to the people you work with and being part of, of a team. No individual can deliver the types of things that we deliver by, by, by acting alone. We need to sit as part of, of, of a wider team. So that, 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 that site experience for me was vitally important. From university, um, I, I progressed um, down a, a technical route. Um, and my first point of employment was an organisation, uh, again, uh, a major um, international consultancy um, at that point in time called Davis Langdon, but suddenly morphed and was taken over by an organisation called um, ACOM. And uh, I was in an advisory role working with public and private sector clients around the things I'm doing just now, but probably um, two or three stages back in terms of my career and closer to 
um, supporting the development and delivery of projects on site. So again, drafting and supporting business cases, looking at funding appraisals, ultimately advising people like I am today around how this can all be um, brought together. And that, that forged a career for me for around about 10 years. Um, and then I was um, given the opportunity um, around about nine years ago um, to support and set up with um, government and a public-private partnership um, through our organisation working in Scotland to form um, um, two public-private partnerships. So I work um, in the north of Scotland in places like Aberdeen um, and um, places like Inverness and the Western Isles um, and de developing the type of infrastructure that I just mentioned. So that's one of the companies that I'm um, part of the executive director team on and the other companies in the southeast of Scotland, um, Edinburgh, um, the West Lothian areas and into the borders developing these types of social infrastructure projects. And again, it was that continuing of the career, but I'd stress the importance of the, the, the lessons that we learned or I learned at the outset of my career about being part of that team. And I, and I think that's really very, very important. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a snapshot in terms of um, my career journey to, to this point. Yeah, that's great. Thanks very much. Really interesting. I mean, you've got like a relatively linear career from school to where you are just now in terms of within construction or within the building industry. But it would be very ignorant to think that that's it's as linear as that because it sounds like you have lots of different experiences within that which have uh, uh, you keep reference back brilliantly molded your current career in terms of all the learning that you've had from part-time jobs to uh, secondments to university degree and then within different companies as you've progressed and that's super interesting and i really like the point you made there about how you conduct business and you could you could translate that to how you work with people or how you are within a workplace. And in terms of how you're saying about conducting yourself with integrity, treating people with fairness and working successfully as part of a team, I think these are really key principles for, for anybody moving forward. And that would lead us on to the next part then because we do, we do ask our guests about what your current career is and tell me about your career journey and bring to life this no wrong path. But I think we'd miss an opportunity if we didn't take the chance here, Richard, to ask you about, from an employer's perspective, what could a young person do or someone looking to enter the world they work do to maximise their chances of success of getting to interview, being successful in interview, and then succeeding within employment? Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I think before I answer that, there's kind of one other point I'd, I'd make in terms of that career journey. And, um, and for me, whilst my kind of core background and skills are in um, construction, infrastructure and investment. Actually, I think if somebody turned around to me tomorrow to say, right, you need a new career, um, we're not going to deliver any construction or infrastructure for the next 20 years and that's a policy commitment. We're just going to make good do with what we've got because for whatever reasons. And I needed a new career path and, and, and an opportunity afforded itself to run a biscuit factory um, I'm actually pretty confident that with the skills that I've learned around working with teams, leading teams, uh, acting with integrity, understanding processes and solving problems, that's a big part of it, that, that, that those skills would be um, transferable. So I appreciate that probably the young people I'm speaking to today, 95% of those individuals will not be attracted to, 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 to a career in construction. Personally, I think it's, it's been it's hugely rewarding um, from my perspective 
but it's actually about those very basic skills that, that are really, really important, regardless of what career path that you take, that, that, are, that are transferable. And it's emphasising those kind of key principles again. So, but in terms of your specific question around what do we look for uh, as an employer, I'm going to try and break this down into two parts around an application process and your CV and, and, and then the interview. Uh, and and the, the biggest point I would stress in terms of, of an application um, is, is stressing to people to really do their research. Um, we now live in a, an environment where um, organisations are accessible like never before. When you're applying for a job, I would really encourage people to look at companies' business strategies, to look at their policies, and understand that the, 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 the application process that you're going through, how you can support their businesses and play back to the business, how your skills and experience can support their, their challenges and their policy. And that's, and that's really very, very important. And another thing that always stands out to me and the bit that I probably pay the biggest amount of attention to when reading CVs is the personal statement. And that for me is quite a powerful couple of paragraphs, which give, which affords me a really meaningful insight into understanding the character of the individual. Because I'm a great believer in um, you can work with individuals to unleash their, their talent. So I actually potentially put as much um, um, emphasis on the personal statement as I do on the kind of qualifications. Ultimately, in my job, we need to satisfy that people have the, the, the qualifications and skills. Personal statement from my perspective individually about understanding the character sitting within the teams that we've established is really, really important. So that's something I would always um, draw people's attention to is around the personal statement and do your research. Um, as I say, information is available and employers are always strongly uh, um, drawn to individuals who go out of their way to understand the businesses and the organisations with whom they're looking to seek employment. And the second part about the interview process, and I sometimes fall through all of this myself, is employers actually want to talk to you and they often want to tell you about their businesses. And there, 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 there's, a, there's a smart trick for me in that as part of an interview technique. And it's about really listening to what the individuals are telling you. And I would always advise to take notes as that individual is speaking to understand the research that you've done in advance of that interview as part of your application process and play back to the interviewer what they are telling you and how your skills and experience can support that organization and that business. So, so, so afford the interviewer the opportunity to speak People want to speak. They want to naturally tell you about what they are doing, but listen acutely to what they are describing. Sorry, my phone's going off in the background here. So really, really tune in to um, what your interviewer is telling you um, and, 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 and take notes and feedback to them around how your skills can contribute and how you can add value to their business. So that, that, that for me is a, a, a really important point. And the final thing is be honest. Um, be clear in terms of what your skills and experience actually are and, and act with integrity. That was fantastic. Um, thanks very much. Uh, you've just kind of talked about the skills and experiences of, of 
and how the kids should use them. Can I move on? What kind of opportunities do your company provide for the kids, work experience wise, things like that, that the kids could tap into? Yeah, so um, as part of these sometimes major mega infrastructure projects, we um, develop and deliver significant um, community benefit programs. So Scott's aware of one of the programs that we participated in last year, and I've put Scott in contact with some of my colleagues from the community benefits teams within our the kind of wider supply chains. And, and, and for me, it's, it, it, the opportunities are, are pretty endless. Um, we support um, the development of young people through school leaver programmes, through apprenticeship programmes, through um, supported development, uh, support and development tutoring um, forums that we put in place. I think actually some of my colleagues have been speaking to, to, to Scott about some of the, the, the skills and trainings developments linked into the kind of STEM courses that, 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 that Grangemouth runs as well. But it's also about creating the opportunities for um, apprenticeships as well in terms of um, technical apprenticeships. So opportunities, whether it's in relation to engineering, quantity surveying in terms of my background, um, whether it's accountancy, whether it's management. So there's these types of opportunities that create another thing that we try and do in a significant way is work with um, local businesses, or as we describe them, SMEs, so small and medium enterprises, to support the development of those businesses within um, local areas so that we can use the catapult of um, major construction and infrastructure to support um, businesses develop, prosper and thrive within um, local areas. And that's really, really important um, because what we, we, we try to do as a business is retain as much of the investment within um, the, the, the local um, economy as possible. I'll just give you a quick and quick stat here that might be interesting. So for every one pound of construction, which is directly invested, so if you've got a one million pound um, school project, that, that creates a, a recycle effect in terms of the local economy of, of a multiplier of 350%. So for every one pound that is spent, um, the, that, that creates um, a, 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 a recycled impact in terms of an economic impact of, of £3.50. So every £1 spent, £3.50 is generated in terms of opportunities through um, local supply chains and networks. And it's that type of thing that's really very important. And it's about trying to create and retain wealth, growth and prosperity linked into that whole agenda, uh, that, that policy agenda, using the infrastructure and construction sector as a catapult for, um, for, for policy change. That's, that's really interesting. Again, another element of construction that knew nothing about where you just automatically think, here's the money for the project and here's another massive housing development or a big building getting put up within the local area, when in fact, the benefit of that is, is huge to your local economy, whether it's investment from, from uh, the work people in the local, the small medium enterprises that you discuss, or however that recycles further down the line. That's that's incredible. So from inception of a project where you're talking about, here's the project we'd like, you work with policy, you work with local areas, you work with health boards, et cetera, et cetera. You come up with a number, money is put into that project, and then it starts. And then from the other end, you're talking about where that money then goes into the local economy thereafter. That's really, really interesting. Really interesting. 
I think so. No, it definitely is because, it, as I said at the start, I mean, you're talking about, we, we work with young people and we're working with a lot just now, especially at this time where we're looking at what's your next step beyond school? What are you going to do? And there's a, we've got estimated between 120 and 140 leavers this year. And there's a number that have got things secured already. There's a number that have got a clear idea what they want to do. And within that, you've got those that are saying, what are you going to construction? What are you going to this? Similar fields that you're talking about. But actually, there's there's more to it. There, there, there is much more to it. And it's really insightful to hear from someone like yourself who can bring that to light, not only from a, well, I'm an investment director with Gallifreyd and Try, and we deal with the money side of things, and I work with people, but then you relate that back to on the ground, how does that work? You're talking about opportunities for uh, employment, you're talking about modern apprenticeships, technical apprenticeships, all that type of thing, and then how the money's then regenerated back into the area. That, it, it is interesting, it is interesting, and I think anybody listening to this, if they didn't learn something, especially about skills needed for success, how to make yourself employable, how to stand out from the crowd, and how to maximise your chances of succeeding, of gaining employment, and then thereafter, I, I think they would need to listen to it again, because you're, you're seeing so many things that we talk about within within school, specifically within classrooms. A lot of schools like ourselves, we are doing things like skills framework, skill network. We put a lot of emphasis on the development of young people with the skills required. But actually, there can sometimes be a disconnect between school and the workplace. And to hear someone in the workplace like yourself talking about the skills, I think is hugely important for our young people. Hugely important for them to hear that. Um, and as you were saying, you went into a quantity surveying degree from school, uh, hand in hand with working in the butchers, and then you progressed to where you are just now. And you're talking about this no wrong path. And, and we'll talk to people, uh, young people, and they're talking about wanting to do, it's, it's very, pigeoned careers in terms of the, the ones you hear about. So I want to be a teacher or I want to be a builder or I want to be a nurse or I want to be a chef. But once you get within that career sector, there are many, many more elements to it. And one of the things that I picked up on you said earlier, Richard, as well, was um, accountants make the world go round. And I would never associate accountants and lawyers as being as important and integral to the work that you do within the construction industry. And there in our multiple careers within that and you're talking about construction employing nine percent of the overall workforce within scotland or was it the uk um, okay. and within the uk and that's not just a uh, your trades specific that would be the whole wider network without without that yeah yeah i mean that, that's that, that, that's that's a really really good capture scott um and, and, and i suppose what, what what i feel is a kind of voice of industry to try and represent is the opportunities within industry are beyond simply trades, but what I would emphasise is the opportunity even within trades to get a, um, a, a really interesting, diverse career with career opportunities for, for growth and development are, are significant. Um, trades um, and uh, the trade sector is, is really a highly paid skilled industry, fundamentally because young people aren't automatically attracted to go into that type of industry possibly because of the, some of the, the, the perceptions that exist around actually on a January morning, do I want to be standing out in a, a, a cold building site? And, and, and actually um, there are opportunities to, to kind of support that. But as I've kind of emphasized today through my role, involvement with construction infrastructure, um, 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 career path, 
can can be beyond simply a, a trades background, but equally, um, if there are opportunities to get um, to get um, employment in, in trades, I think that, that that will be that will create opportunities for young people um, that they will find really rewarding and exciting going forward. Inter, um, obviously you mentioned STEM before a while ago. I'm assuming that there's opportunities for all here. You know, it, quite always, quite, uh, most of the time it's young men you're speaking to about mm. going into trade and stuff like that. I'm assuming there's opportunities for men, for boys and girls equally. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking about the kind of the, the two teams that I manage, and, and there's a real diversity within those teams of males, males and and, and females. Um, uh, I was involved in a forum two or three weeks ago about um, women and women in construction. Um, so, absolutely, there are, there are opportunities in terms of um, addressing that, that that kind of diversity challenge for. Careers um, in construction infrastructure um, for, for 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 young people, whether that's on a on a technical basis or on a professional basis. So, um, a huge amount of the time, the interactions I have with um, staff, colleagues, and clients, and um, we're dealing with both um, both genders. That's super. Really, really interesting, Richard. In terms of, if someone was to say to me. I'm going to talk to an investment director, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But actually, when you talk about it related to construction, that links back to, again, young people's projections beyond school. You talk about, you, you talk really well about actually skills and qualities needed for success. And then I think when you spoke about the recruitment process in terms of do your research, make sure you take the time and put care into what you're doing through your personal statement and your CV. Um, and and listen to what people are telling you when you're in an interview and talk back to them. I think it's really, really transferable, universal advice that would go not just to go within the construction industry, but any industry that any young person or any person that is whoever listens to this wants to go into. And we, we do, I mean, we've seen it today, you were taking, having to bat away calls during this. Uh, we do really appreciate you taking time with your super busy schedule to talk to us. Um, and I'm absolutely certain that this will be of benefit to young people that are listening to this because whether they listen to it just out of interest, but what we're doing with, with these just now as well is if there is a young person with a specific interest, we're signposting them to the, the podcast who we're speaking to. So we've got it as a library of, of resources that people can access at any time. Uh, but we do appreciate you taking your time and we'll, uh, we'll hear from you soon. Okay, thanks. One, one, one final thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. And if, there's, and if there's one young person who comes out of this call today and thinks, right, I'd like to speak to Richard and understand how Richard could potentially help me to make contact uh, with employment in our industry, I'm more than happy for my contact details to be shared to, to help young people. That's, in fact, I've got one young person right in mind as you say that, so I'll take you up on that. But listen, thanks again. We appreciate your time. We'll see you soon. Thanks.